Welcome to the And Just Like That Sex in the City Fans podcast. I created this podcast for Sex in the City fans just like you who love Carrie Bradshaw and are super excited to binge out on this new HBO Max series And Just Like That. Let's watch the new chapter of Sex in the City and Just Like That and talk about fashion, love, relationships, and life in New York City. Hi, I'm Dimple Dang. I am your host. I'm a marketing expert, a podcast coach, and a podcaster. And let's get this party started. Hello, everybody, and Happy New Year. And today we're going to be talking about what happened on episode six of And Just Like That. So this was another interesting episode. A lot did happen. I feel like it was a little bit boring compared to episode five. But then again, in episode five, a lot did happen. And Che and Miranda hooked up. So that was pretty pivotal. All right. So this episode opens up with Carrie in this big, modern, amazing apartment with floor-to-ceiling windows. And the deal is that Carrie's thinking about now moving to downtown. She's never lived in downtown before. She's thinking that she's lived in the same apartments for years and years, and now she wants a change. So she is in this big, amazing apartment that has a view, a gorgeous view, by the way, of the Hudson River. It's got amazing floor-to-ceiling windows. It's got this big, beautiful white kitchen and modern lighting. And I have a feeling, though, I don't know if Carrie's quite ready for this, though, because she is a little old school when it comes to technology. And I don't know if she's going to be able to figure out all the fancy gadgets. So we will see what happens. So then Seema was on the terrace talking to her family and her family's inviting her over for this Diwali party, which we'll talk about a little later. And so Seema comes back from the balcony and she basically struts into the apartment and she's got a leopard outfit on, which is very fitting because, you know, she is just kind of like the boss and she gets the business done. And, of course, Anthony being Anthony, and he is eyeing her up and down, and then he lets out a growl, and that's interesting because he's kind of like, okay, all right. And then if you look at this particular scene, too, if you notice a difference, Seema's hair, even, it's a little bit more fuller, there's more volume, there's more curls, and, you know, it kind of just shows, like, okay, she's stepping up her game Because as you know, she is single, she's looking for a man, and she's 53, still single. You know, it's not easy finding a man sometimes, not the kind that you want, especially if you are older and you're set in your ways. It's hard to find someone nowadays. That's just realistic. It doesn't matter how old you are. And also, a lot of the good ones are taken, so you have to find them early on before someone else snags them, so keep that in mind. So in the next scene, Carrie's having lunch with her girls, and she shares that she really doesn't love the apartment. And then Miranda says, matter-of-factly, well, don't buy it then. Well, yeah, that makes sense. But the only problem is, Miranda, that Carrie already signed the papers to buy this property because I think she's looking at it as one more thing that she just wants to check off her list and get it out of the way. So Carrie just bought it. And I don't think she bought it for the right reason. I think Carrie was thinking to herself that in the old apartment, you know, she's just retreating because she's lived there since she was 29. 
now that she's 55 and she's talked herself into thinking that maybe it's time for a change. And the change is this new ultra-modern, almost too modern apartment that Carrie decides to purchase and move into. So in the next scene, we got to talk about Charlotte and her daughter. So Charlotte is talking to her daughters and they are complaining about the Madame Alexander dolls. They're saying that the dolls are culturally inappropriate and they want to remove them from the room. They're stating that every time their friends come over, it makes them feel uncomfortable and they just don't want them around anymore. They also don't like the wall the way it is. And when you think about it, like a lot of these things that were done to their room, Charlotte did this like years ago. And Charlotte, you have to realize that your little girls are no longer little anymore and they are growing up to be young women and they want to be able to make their own decisions. They want to feel empowered. They want to be able to pick the hairstyle that they want, the clothes that they wear, and they should have some say-so in how they want to decorate their rooms. And I think that that's a fair ask. So Charlotte, you're going to have to start thinking about these things because otherwise your kids are going to be pretty unhappy with you. So in the next scene, Miranda is with her professor, Dr. Nia Wallace. And what's interesting is they now seem to be friends and, you know, they are walking down the street because Dr. Nia said, hey, Miranda, do you want to grab a coffee? And she's like, sure. So they're walking down the street, drinking their coffee and chatting. And what's interesting is if you notice what they're wearing, so Miranda has a russet color top on and Dr. Nia has russet colored pants on and also part of her top, one of the sleeves is also a russet color. So what's interesting is I think that's very symbolic that they're somehow connected and, you know, they're becoming friends because subconsciously they're even picking out outfits that are the same color when they end up meeting each other on the same day. So they're somehow connected and that's something to keep in mind. And so Dr. Nia is telling Miranda that she has to go to dinner with some of their friends and she really is not looking forward to it because she's calling this woman whose name is Myrtle, Fertile Myrtle. Dr. Nia has been trying to get IVF, but in reality, I don't really think she's excited about having children and I think she really wants to focus on her career, but she doesn't quite know how to tell her husband that. And I think she's also going through the whole battle of figuring that out for herself. She's not sure if she wants to have kids and she's not sure that if she decides not to, is she going to have a regret later on in life? And she doesn't want to have that regret either. So I think she's got some things to figure out and obviously, you know, that will happen. Okay. So in the next scene, Seema and Carrie are chatting and Seema is telling Carrie all about her parents and saying how they want her to be married and they try to fix her up with people and her parents want to get her into an arranged marriage, which, you know, in, in the Indian culture, it is somewhat common. Now, I mean, I think parents are more open-minded to letting their kids like have a love marriage, but there was a time back in the day when people didn't really have a choice and they were like forced into marrying someone that was chosen by their parents, which really is not fair. And I think that it also ends up you know, making some people very unhappy when they're forced into doing something 
And usually those marriages don't last either. Or if they do last, they're not really a real marriage anymore. They're just there for financial reasons or maybe that they don't want to be shamed by their community if they do get a divorce. So you'll see all of those things. So then Seema's telling her about this Diwali party that she has to go to and she's saying, oh, you know, I hate that I have to go alone. And Carrie's like, well, wait, you know, you don't necessarily have to go alone. I mean, I would love to get out of the house and and I can go with you because Carrie, you know, needs a reason to get out of the house. She's been through a tough time with losing Mr. Big and knowing Carrie, she loves a good party. She loves to get all dolled up. And this is perfect because Carrie has actually been wanting to wear a sari. So Carrie is super excited about wearing a sari to the Diwali party. All right. So you guys are probably wondering what exactly is Diwali. So I'm going to tell you guys what it is because I'm actually am Indian as well. So do celebrate it. And for those of you who don't know what it is, it's an Indian festival. And in fact, in the year 2022, Diwali is going to be celebrated starting Monday, October 24th. And it's a five-day festival that goes on and it celebrates victory of light over darkness. And it is actually one of the most popular holidays in India. And Thursday is the main day of festivities and they faithfully pray to the Hindu goddess of wealth, which is goddess Lakshmi. And she's the goddess of wealth and good fortune. And how Diwali is celebrated is it's considered to be a festival of lights. And it's done by putting a lot of lights in the home and candles around the house and decorating the home. And even fireworks are displayed throughout the sky. And some people are also buying fireworks to go off in their backyard or firecrackers. And they're also doing what's called a puja, which means that they are doing prayers and they're offering gifts and Indian sweets to the goddesses and the gods. And they are like praying and they're celebrating. They're putting on their finest outfits and they are really in a festive mood and they're celebrating with their family and friends and loved ones. Okay, so in the next scene, Charlotte is helping Carrie unpack some of her boxes so that Carrie can have a few items to take back to her swanky downtown apartment. And, of course, Charlotte walks in, and right away she's prepared. She has a X-Acto knife or box opener, whatever you want to call it, in her purse. And when you think about it, if you need something done around the house, she probably knows how to get it done, or she can probably do it herself. So... She's a friend that you want to keep around when you need help packing, unpacking, organizing, all of those things. So Carrie's going through the boxes. And what's interesting is the boxes are not really labeled. So I, I mean, I don't know why that is. I'm assuming that everything was done in such a hurry after she lost Mr. Big that they didn't really label what's inside of what box and organize it. But if you're moving, it's always a good idea not just to put if the box is for the living room or if it's for the kitchen or the bedroom or the bathroom, but to actually put a couple of items that are in that box so then you can be reminded of what else you might have put in that box. So this way, when you're looking for something when you need it, 
you can find it because it is not easy to open 50 different boxes to find one blender or one pot or one pan or something specific that you need. It probably would be easier to go to Amazon and order it than have to go through do that. So if you are going to move, there's a moving tip for you guys right there. All right. So then Carrie opens up one of the boxes with the X-Acto knife and she sees all of the records and she's reminded of Mr. Big and it's still too fresh for her. It's a little bit upsetting. So she wants to just get out of there and she's like, that's okay. I don't need that many things. I'm just going to take the hat and the lamp and I'm going to be on my way. And so then Carrie is back at her beautiful modern downtown apartment that's got amazing views of the Hudson River. She's got this gorgeous white kitchen. But then there's like this strange beep that keeps going off and she can't figure out where it's coming from. So she looks baffled. She looks around the kitchen. She opens the dishwasher. It doesn't seem to be the dishwasher. She opens her fridge and she can't figure out where it's coming from either. So it's probably not the fridge. And then her phone rings and it is Anthony. And Anthony is asking if she can join him for support because he has an appointment with a plastic surgeon the next day and he needs some mental support. So Carrie, being a good friend that she is, agrees to go with him. And then Carrie also is asking Anthony about this beep. Anthony's kind of got a million things going on. So he's on the phone with Carrie. He's trying to direct his team of hot fellows guys, which are hot, about where to put everything and to do this and that. So he's a little chaotic, but he insists that it's a dishwasher. And he tells her to keep slamming the dishwasher. And I'm thinking, Carrie, you're going to break that dishwasher, girl. Don't slam it anymore because I don't think he really knows because after all, whatever he did suggest, it didn't work, you guys. So he was wrong about that. So the interesting thing is um, he's got like two of the guys that are loading up the truck with the bread and the bakery items and the bread falls on the floor. And the guy's like, oh, three-second rule. No, no, no. I mean, you are hot, but you're not that bright because you don't do that. You don't drop something on the floor and say the three-second rule and you're going to go serve it to a, a client or a customer. It doesn't work that way. But Anthony, you didn't know the names of your employees and you were getting them mixed up. So I think that you really should know your employees' names because you do want them to feel appreciated and you do want them to feel like they matter. Even if they aren't bright about picking up the bread from the floor, you can train them on those kind of things, but you got to learn the names. So Anthony, stop being such a busybody and stop snooping on other people and actually learn your employees' names. Perfect. All right. So in the next scene, we've got Dr. Naya and her husband, and then the Myrtle Fertile couple. And it's going to be quite a dinner because guess what, you guys? Myrtle Fertile is pregnant again, and she kind of makes Dr. Nia and her husband feel bad that, you know, they don't have a kid yet and they're not doing this. So I think you guys... She's got to mind her own business. It's fine that she's got a bunch of kids and she keeps cranking up more kids. But having a child is really a personal decision. 
And I think she should just let them figure it out and stop butting in because it's really not her business. So I know that Dr. Neo was so glad when that dinner was over. Okay, so in the next scene, poor Carrie, she's back at her apartment and the beeping is back and she tries to call maintenance, but I guess it was after hours and her building doesn't have 24-hour maintenance, which is something good to, to look for if they do have buildings with emergency maintenance or 24-hour maintenance that would be preferable. But so she calls maintenance and they were like, well, we're not available until the morning. So this means that she's going to have to sleep with that beeping noise. So at that moment, I think Carrie is kind of realizing I really don't like this apartment. In fact, I hate it and I don't know why I bought it and I don't want to live here. And I think it's kind of the one thing that made her realize what is she even doing there? She doesn't even belong in that apartment because she bought it for the wrong reason. So I think it was like a reality check. And then later more talk about this will come out in the episode. All right. So in the next scene, Carrie and Anthony go to see the plastic surgeon. His name is Dr. Paul David. And if you guys ask me, he looks like a very young, handsome Matthew McConaughey version and even the hair looks like Matthew's hair. So Mr. Dreamy, like he's definitely a good looking plastic surgeon. And so Dr. David is giving Anthony his assessment and he's got all great things to say. He's saying that he's got nice Italian skin and he's hot. And Anthony's thinking, well, this is the best consultation I've ever had. And while Carrie's there, she's thinking, well, since I'm here anyway, Maybe I should just see if I can get a consultation too and see what the doctor thinks. And so she tells the doctor, you know, like, hey, can you take a look at her and suggest some things? And so the doctor moves his chair closer to her and he's staring at her. And before he can fully take a look at her, she starts talking and she starts rambling and she's saying, oh, I don't normally look like this. I didn't sleep well last night, which that part's true, though. And then she's like, well, I just lost my husband and I just this. I think she's feeling a bit insecure about, you know, how she looks. And maybe she's realizing that she doesn't look like she did 15 years ago. And somehow time just passed and, and now here she is. But she doesn't really know how she got to this point. And she is curious to know what the doctor says. So Dr. David tells Carrie that she looks like she's 48 and she's beautiful, so, so that's good. And then he offers her a 3D image consultation and he gets up, he starts walking toward the area of the room where the machine is and he tells Carrie to come over. And Carrie stands, but she's just stuck and she can't seem to walk over. And it's because she's thinking oh my God, what did I get myself into? Here we go. So the doctor's like, coerces her to come over there and she goes over there. And then he starts suggesting what she needs. He shows her an image of what she looks like right now. And then he's going to show her an image of what she can look like if she did all of these things that he's suggesting. And so this is a long list, you guys. So he's saying, oh, a couple of injectables for plumping, some laser work, some upper eye surgery, 
maybe a mini facelift, or, or you guys, brace for this, a full facelift and a neck lift. And basically, he's saying it's completely up to her, depending on the results that she wants. And then he pulls up this photo of what Carrie can look like. And this photo is of Carrie looking like she's probably 25 years old. And he's saying, this is what you can look like. And Carrie's like, oh, yeah, I remember her. And then the doctor says, well, Carrie, with the right work and the right touch, the last 15 years can be erased. So she starts thinking, oh, well, maybe I do want to erase the last 15 years. And how much is this going to cost? And of course, it's going to cost a ton of money. But she hasn't made any decisions yet, so she's going to think about it. So in the next scene, Miranda, Carrie, and Charlotte are having a picnic in the park. And it looks like they're in Central Park or some other beautiful park in Manhattan. And Carrie's telling them about her experience at the plastic surgeon's office yesterday. And Charlotte says, well, see, that's what they do to women. They make it wrong for us to age. And when you think about her comment... I mean, I would I would have to agree because I think there's so much pressure for women to look good. There's so much marketing around it. There's so many different creams. There's so many different plastic surgeons. There's so many different new procedures. And there is a lot of emphasis on looking young. And I think America is obsessed with looking young. You know, it's really, it's it's in a way, it's really sad because it's like, well, how far are you going to go to look young, right? And a lot of people go very far and then some of them end up having plastic surgery and it just doesn't look good, right? And then some of them, they do it right and it looks good. And I think it's a personal decision. So I'm not biased either way. I think that you have to do what makes you feel good. And if it helps you be more confident, then by all means, go do that. But I think that we do live in a society that is obsessed with looks. I think that there's men that are in their 70s and they want young women and the young women want men with money. So, I mean, you see that a lot, but it's just the world that we live in right now and that's what it's all about. And I think with the end just like that versus Sex in the City, it's showing a whole different version of the cast. It's showing them when they are now in their 50s, it's showing them with the challenges that come with aging that they're facing. And it's showing the fact that, you know, they, they may even lose loved ones when they're in their 50s. They may lose their collagen, right? It just depends, right? So I think there's a lot of things people are considering. But this is like reality. They're showing like real life. They're showing what people may go through when they're in their 50s, right? But I think they're exaggerating a little bit. Some of the stuff is like happening in their 50s. And it's like, well, maybe it really doesn't happen like that. Maybe it's more like in their 60s. So I don't know. Just I'm just ranting. So Miranda and Charlotte are talking. And Miranda's saying that she's been having these thoughts about Shay. And Charlotte's like, oh, yeah, even I had a sex dream about Shay. But then Miranda shares with Charlotte that hers are not really a fantasy, but they're a replay. And so she's trying to tell her like her dreams are based on something that actually happened in real life. Whereas Charlotte's was just a dream. It was a fantasy. 
So what she's trying to do, she's trying to prepare Charlotte for the bomb that she's about to drop because Charlotte does not take things lightly and she knows that Charlotte's going to overreact. So she prefaces it and she says, hey, Charlotte, I know you're going to have a big reaction, but I'm asking you to not have a big reaction. And Charlotte's like, okay, but we all know Charlotte's really not going to be okay because she is going to make a big deal out of everything. So then Charlotte finds out and she freaks out because she looks at Carrie and she says, Carrie, did you know about this? And Carrie says, yes. And then the look on Charlotte's face, she's even more mortified because she's thinking to herself, well, why the hell does everyone else know about this but me and Carrie? Why couldn't you have told me this? And at this point, Carrie's like, oh my God, this picnic is going south really fast. Why couldn't we be drinking real wine? So by the way, they're drinking non-alcoholic wine because Miranda has given up drinking for now from the previous episode. We'll see how long it lasts, but they are being good friends and they're supporting her by not drinking as well. And we'll see how long it lasts because I'm not convinced. We'll see. So then Charlotte asked Miranda, well, Miranda, are you gay now? And Miranda's like, I don't know. And then Charlotte is raving on about the fact that, Miranda, you're married to a man and now you're having non-binary sex. And then Charlotte has to drop the bomb and says to Miranda, you're not progressive enough for this. And that was the last straw. Miranda was fuming at this point and she's had enough of Charlotte's rant. And she decides, you know what? I'm not going to sit here and listen to this. I'm getting up. I'm going to go. And then what's interesting is when she gets up to go, her leg fell asleep. So I don't know if this is another like ageism thing coming in here or it's just the fact that they're sitting at a picnic table, but your leg does fall asleep even when you're a kid, you guys. So there's that. But anyway, it's funny because she's like telling Carrie, get over here and help me. So Carrie goes to help her and then basically storms away and Carrie goes after her and Carrie's like, wait, like you can't just walk away. Like we already lost Samantha. We can't just keep losing friends. And then she, you know, urges her to come back. And that's true because if you are the kind of person that's going to throw friends away that quickly and throw friendships away, you're going to have no friends left. And I think that, you know, you have to be willing to forgive friends. And sometimes when you think about it with Charlotte, the only reason why Charlotte's overreacting is deep down inside, Charlotte really cares about Miranda. She doesn't want to see her hurt. She doesn't want to see her ruin her marriage. And it may not be her business, but I think that they've been friends for so long. She just cares. And sometimes when people care, they interfere a little bit too much, but Charlotte needed to tone it down by a lot. But Miranda comes back and Charlotte does apologize. So that was good because I think that that was a good move on your part, Charlotte. So in the next scene, Carrie comes outside of her apartment. She's ready to go to the Diwali party and she looks absolutely gorgeous in her two-piece Indian outfit, which Carrie is probably calling a sari, but, but it's not really a sari. A sari is a little bit different. It's the one that it wraps all the way around at the bottom and then there's fabric that covers your, your one shoulder and there's like a little top that goes underneath. 
But anyway, she looks gorgeous. She's got her hair in a braid with flowers in it. And she just looks like she's really ready to rock this Diwali party. So Carrie, I love that you are able to get all dressed up and go to a party and you're not just sitting at home and crying over Mr. Big and just feeling sorry for yourself because I think it is important to get out into the world and to live your life. And when you think about it, that's exactly what Mr. Big would have wanted. He would have wanted you to be happy and to move on. So Carrie gets in the car and Seema's of course come to pick her up and she has her driver that drives her around everywhere and she's smoking her cigarette and she acknowledges Carrie and, and tells her how amazing she looks and then they go to this Diwali party and Carrie is talking and they go to this Diwali party and Carrie is talking to Seema's parents and they're questioning her about this guy named Dennis. So who is Dennis, you guys? Dennis is Seema's imaginary boyfriend that she tells her parents that she has so that they will leave her alone and they'll not try to set her up with people. And the only problem is the parents are a little baffled. Like, why haven't they met this Dennis person? So they're questioning Carrie and they're like, well, what's, what's wrong with Dennis? And why doesn't she bring him around? And is he ugly or what's going on? And Carrie's like, oh, no, no, he's handsome. And then Seema comes over. So they, they kind of stopped talking about that because I don't think they wanted her to know that they were talking about it that much. And then Carrie and Seema like are back in the car going home. And, and Seema puts this bracelet around Carrie's arm. And then she tells her that in the Indian culture, it's a custom and that I'm giving you this bracelet as a reminder of your strength. So I thought that was really sweet that she did that because at a time like this, Carrie definitely needs to be strong and she needs her strength. And she actually is a strong woman and I'm glad that she's handling everything quite well. So then they're talking and Carrie says, you know what, Seema, I hate the apartment that I live in. And Seema's like super cool about it. And she's like, okay, well, you, you should love where you live and we'll just sell it. And what's cool is to Seema, it was like no big deal. And Seema was like, oh, it's no big deal. Whereas some other realtor might have been like, but wait a minute, we just, you know, sold you this place. You just moved in, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But she was really cool about it. But then again, I mean, she is going to get another commission off of Carrie, but I don't think she cares about the commission. I think it's really that she does want Carrie to be happy where she lives and she doesn't mind finding her place to live in. So you guys, newsflash, Carrie will not be living in downtown by the Hudson River. So we'll see where she ends up. She'll probably end up back at her old place. If not, we'll see. I don't know. And it's at that moment, I think when Carrie really realizes how much she has loved the last 15 years and all of the memories. And I think that that's not something that she wants to erase after all, because those are the memories and the memories are what make her carry. The memories are what make her unique. And it's not something that she just wants to throw away. And of course, are there good memories and bad memories at the same time? Absolutely. But you know what? The memories are worth cherishing because she's gone through certain things in life and where she is today is because of those things. And a lot of the things that she's gone through has given her the strength 
to make her the woman that she is today. And I'm glad that instead of erasing the past 15 years, she has decided to embrace the past 15 years because I think that is the adult thing to do. Okay, so in the next scene, it is Charlotte again. So Charlotte is wearing a coral and red Gucci sweater that has these Gucci emblem design on it and it has these beautiful gold buttons and she's at home in her daughter's room and you see her packing up the international doll collection and then you also see her daughters are covering up the mural with whatever it is that they wanted to put up and to that I say good for you Charlotte because you have to let go of your kids and you have to let them grow up. They will not be little kids forever. They're growing up into adults. They're going to be teenagers. They're going to move away one day. They may go to college and they're going to get married. And the thing is, you have to start letting go now because if you don't, it's going to be way harder for you down the road, Charlotte. So in the next scene, Miranda's at home and she's folding laundry and, you know, she's thinking about Shay again and she's like, you know what? I'm just going to message her. So what's interesting, you see her on the phone and she's sending her a message, but it's on Instagram. She says, it's rainbow. Let's hang out again. And if you remember in the previous episode, when Shay left, she said, oh, if you want to hang out again, send me a message. Well, what's interesting is that Miranda doesn't even have Shay's phone number. So if Shay was really into Miranda, you would think that she would have at least given her a phone number or asked for her phone number or exchanged phone numbers. Why is Miranda reaching out to Shay on Instagram? Does anyone see a problem with that? I do, because I feel like Miranda is going to get ghosted and we'll have to watch what happens on the next episode, but I think that's a little odd. It might have just been a one-time thing or I don't know. We'll see. I think it's a little weird that you're reaching out to this person on Instagram after what happened and you don't even have their phone number. Or is this what modern day dating is? I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> All right. So then the episode ends with Carrie. She is walking down the stairs from her apartment and she's got this beautiful red dress on that's got this flared ballerina tool underneath and her hair is super wavy and it's got a lot of volume just like it used to back in the day and she's got her stiletto heels on and she's got her pearls and that moment right there reminded me of the Carrie from back in the day from Sex in the City when she was wearing those beautiful dresses that were full at the bottom and her gorgeous shoes and she's just always rushing out of her apartment to go somewhere and at that moment it told me that Carrie has a purpose and I feel like Carrie's coming back and that is good because from that I saw that she's getting back to her old self and she's starting to walk with a lot more confidence which you saw in previous episodes went away so let's see if Carrie starts dating on this season, and I bet she will. So let's see what happens on the next episode because there's some previews and Carrie's going to be going on some blind dates. So she's going to be doing some online dating. 
Let's see how that goes. All right, you guys, if you have friends that are fans of Carrie Bradshaw or Sex in the City or And Just Like That, make sure you tell them about my podcast and share it with them. And I'd be so grateful if you could leave me a five-star review with a detailed description and let me know what you enjoyed about the show. And I will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the And Just Like That Fans podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. I would be truly grateful and promise to release more content for you guys. And if you have a friend that loves Carrie Bradshaw and the new series and just like that, make sure you share my podcast with them and subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you're the first to know about new episodes. And if Carrie Bradshaw has inspired you to launch your own podcast, make sure you check out the show notes to learn more about my Launch Your Podcast Masterclass and join my private Facebook community and follow us on all of our social media handles. The details are going to be in the show notes and you can go directly to the podcast website, www.andjustlikethatfanspodcast.com to listen to all the episodes. I will see you guys next time.